0: Welcome back to another episode of In The Making. I am your host, Emily Smar, and we are back in the crib this week with another stellar round table for you guys. If anything, I may call it the winner circle because we are here with three champions of the 2022 season. Matt Clark, the USF Juniors champion, Michael Orlando, USF 2000 series champion, and last but certainly not least, Jack Jeffers, the Lucas Oil Formula Car Racing Series champion. Super excited to have all of these guys here with us today and make sure to stay tuned for our one-on-one interview with none other than Augie Pabst, a four-time team series champion super exciting show today and we are so happy to have you here with us like i said once again i'm your host emily smart and let's get into the top headlines of this week We know that we're just about a month out from the first race of the season in St. Pete, but drivers will actually be heading to Sebring about a week before so they can get some testing out of the way, and that just marks one step of all the preparation that has already begun for drivers across all levels, including the USF Juniors who have been competing in the Academy Winter Series, getting some prep out of the way before the real season gets started, and some drivers who also competed in the Rolex 24 in Daytona last week including Francesco Pizzi who competed on Proton Competition's LMP2 winning team and will be competing with TJ Motorsports this season as the real season gets started. So incredibly exciting time. So make sure to keep up with us on all social media platforms so that way you can keep up with the latest information on USF Pro Championships in 2023. And we are going to get into the segment that everybody came here for today, the Winner Circle Roundtable. Let's get started introducing some of the winners that we have here with us today. First off, we have got Matt Clark, the first ever USF Juniors champion, racking up five wins last year with the team, and he'll be running it back in 2023 with Force Racing. Super excited to have you here with us, Matt.
1: Thank you. I'm excited to be joining the show. I'm really looking
0: forward to it. And that takes us on over to our next guest that we have with us. He won the 2022 Lucas Oil Formula Car Race Series title, earning a scholarship to set him up for the next step in his professional career. Let's welcome Jack Jeffers.
2: Hi, guys. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it.
0: And rounding things out, he's worked his way up the ladder and pulled off a title win in one of the most thrilling finale weekends in USF 2000 history. Welcome to the show, Michael Orlando
3: It's a pleasure to be here, thank you for having me. It's uh, been quite a long day, so hopefully this is pretty fun.
0: Quite a long day and quite the journey for you, you know, just to get this conversation rolling, quite the journey for you last year in your season so tell me a little bit about what it was like for you you know you kind of hit a plateau early on but you really hit your stride midway through so tell me a little bit about what your journey was like
3: well it's been a quite an it's been quite the interesting year to say the least um I think out of statistics I've had 14 top five finishes so I mean it's not super inconsistent, but I was off to a slow start. I didn't get my first win until Lucas Oil. So with St. Pete, I had a wiring loom failure in qualifying Um and never really got anywhere up above fourth place, I think. And then Barber again, I got a second and a third and kind of just worked my way up. So it was a little bit of a rough start to the season. But as soon as as soon as I got into Lucas Oil, where I ended up winning the Freedom 75, which I think I'm the only USF driver to win two years in a row, let alone twice. I'm not sure. Um, but and yeah, as soon as I got back to that race again, the ball started getting rolling again with another win at Road America, Mid-Ohio, and then Portland. Um, but yeah, it's, it was pretty hectic. I think, um, I think coming out of I don't remember if it's Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the Indy GP or if it was going into Road America. The top five drivers in the road to Indi- in, um, in USF 2000 were all within like 30 points. So it was, it was some crazy tight racing throughout the whole season and especially getting all the way to Portland where there was three people in within 26 points that could have won and me being the third. Um, really emphasized the craziness of the entire year i think it's been it's been quite a long one
0: right and mac you actually competed in portland didn't you tell me a little bit about what that was like
1: like. yeah sorry to cut you off there um i did a one-off actually for the portland gp so i found out i was racing that tuesday um and it was kind of just to get my feet wet in the usf 2000 series and that was uh, kind of based on the hopes that I would be competing in that series in 2023. And it looks like that's going to come to fruition. So it was uh, a great weekend to kind of get some you know, experience out of my belt, fight with the big boys. And uh, we actually ended up coming away with a win and, uh, on the first day of the weekend. So really, uh, really happy about that. And, and I'm excited for
3: this year. I was honestly quite surprised that you ended up holding that win off. That was, that was <laughs> pretty good. It
2: was pretty good, I
1: man. That. Yeah, no, it was, <laughs> it was wild. It was a wild one, but we made it work. And yeah. uh,
2: I mean, it looks good. I remember opening up my Instagram page and seeing you that you won. I was like, "No way!" Was like, that was incredible. <laughs> yeah, it's like
1: it's like the dream, the dream come true, right? You always want to do something big on your first weekend and show the guys that you should be there. And I mean, we managed to get done with Deforce Racing, so I'm really happy about that.
0: And I think that's a great time to turn it over to Jack. You know, you're really coming in here trying to show guys like the guys that you're talking to right now, why you should be in the series. So tell me a little bit about what that journey's been like for you and how racing in the series that you were just in really helped you get to where you're at right now, about to compete in 2023.
2: Um, the journey's been good. You know, Competing in the Luke Oil Championship was tough. It definitely taught me a lot of things. Um, it's definitely a lot different than go-karting. So coming in, I struggled a little bit in the beginning, but it was tight all the way throughout the series and I was able to come away with the championship and going to the last round four drivers could have won the championship and going to the last going to the last weekend four drivers could have won the championship and going to the last race only two could have so it taught me a lot it taught me how to deal with pressure Um, and yeah it's helped me propel my way into hopefully working on racing the USF junior season this year
0: and Mac and Michael what was that start you know for you guys, like what advice can you give Jack here about moving forward this season and really, you know, setting his reputation on the track?
3: I think yeah, uh, ahead, do you want to go. I don't know. <laughs> no,
1: I was just going to say that. Um, I mean, I've known Jack for a while now and we talk back and forth, but I think the biggest thing, like you said, is kind of giving o- getting over that barrier coming from, from carts to cars. And that's uh, something that I think a lot of drivers, um, you know, it, it's it's a big jump to make. So, I mean, Jack has done that very well. Um, obviously he showed that in the Lucas Oil school, school Racing. And now I think it's about, you know, getting wins under his belt in the USF Juniors category and really fighting for that that scholarship to keep moving up the ladder.
3: Yeah, I'd pretty much agree with that. Like it's a lot of stuff that you do from karting and, and even the Lucas Oil tra- uh, School transfer to all the stuff that you'll be doing and just it's just a little bit faster that's all it really is I mean um you do get a little bit of downforce and you know just a little bit more horsepower I assume I never did the loop soil championship so I wouldn't know but I mean it seems like you got a pretty solid foundation built so just trust your instincts and go out there and just drive I mean the whole point of us being drivers right is to have fun so if you ain't if you're not enjoying it then you're not gonna be fast
0: but, you know, obviously you're going to have these races where the pressure is on. And I think, Michael, you're no stranger to that. You won one of the most thrilling races to cap the championship last year. So tell me a little bit about what it's like, you know, just handling pressure. How do you get yourself in the right mindset so that way, you know, you can go out and compete?
3: I think it's a lot of head games. It's a lot of head games. It really is. So, I mean, Portland started before Portland. Um, it was actually... Um, the end of Toronto, I made a move on um, Miles Rowe into the to turn eight in the last corner. And I think that kind of set things in motion about like, hey, I'm, I'm here. Even though I'm still third in the championship, I'm not going anywhere. So, I mean, Portland was off to a rough start. We didn't quite have the pace. I ended up qualifying, I think, ninth in, in race one and then sixth in race two and three. Um, and it's all about just, you know, keeping your head down and just trying to focus on yourself. So when you get into a final weekend like Portland and everyone's so close, I mean, everyone's shooting for it. It's checkers or records type thing. So if you go out there and you have the same mindset as everyone else is like, oh yeah, I have to win. I have to do this, I have to do that. Then you're not really focusing on your your drive. You're not really focusing on, on what you should be doing. So while everyone else is out there trying to focus on Uh, focusing on the wrong aspects of things like I need to I need to perform I need to do this I need to do that I I think the best way to think about it is just I'm I'm in the car I'm going to focus on me and even in that last race at Portland um, with the incident down on the inside I took an outside line going into turn one and even though I didn't end up in first I was still back in third or fourth and worked my way up to the front uh, to, to third, and then especially on the restart, I finally got my teammate Nikki Hayes, and um, ended up working my way up to the front. And even even if you're out front, and it seems like the race is going to be easy, it never is. There's a lot of stuff that pops in your mind. Maybe the the car isn't right, or anything else that could be happening. Miles Rowe was on fire that race, and he drove from the back of the pack all the way up to fifth, I think. I'm not really sure where he finished, but you could even from my perspective, all he had to do was finish third to win. And it's push, pushing that thought into the back of my head um, while having an extremely oversteery car, uh, <laughs> being like, um, just and trying to focus forward. And it's not about thinking about what could happen, it's about what's in the here and now. And you get into that last lap and you realize, like, okay, maybe you could start thinking about it and you just have to finish that last lap. But throughout the race and throughout the season, it's all, don't think about what could be happening, just focus on you and just focus on your race.
0: Right. And I feel like, Mac, you know, you kind of entered this series in a different way. Not many people have the same hot start that you did last year. How do you kind of handle a plateau midway through after you have so much success early on? I know that has to be frustrating as somebody who just had so much success early to just kind of hit a point where you're not really seeing much improvement.
1: For sure, and I think Michael worded that really well. Um, I think it's, it's really important as a racing driver. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's important as a racing driver to focus on yourself all of the time. You know, I always say that. You know, I'm my own, like I'm my biggest adversary, right? You want to be focused on what you're doing and improving yourself because that that's that's what matters. And uh, no, you're you're correct. We had a very strong start to the season. We won the first four races. Then we went through a bit of a rocky patch. You know, we had a Few mechanical failures and uh you know a few incidents on track that didn't quite go to go our way. So it was about keeping my head down, knowing that we had the pace, knowing that you know I had the confidence in myself that we could win races, and it was just about kind of returning to that form for the end of the season to really make sure that we uh, we see we sealed the deal
3: on the championship. Yeah, I and mean, going what you were saying, it's like even when you do have those moments where you're going to plateau, even if you know you have a shot at the winning the championship, or even if you don't know, you have to focus on yourself and maximizing everything that you can that you can not what other what where you need to be not focusing on a win if you have a fifth place car and you can't and you have an opportunity for fourth but it's like a high risk maneuver then you're you're just going to stay back and be like okay let's get let's get the points let's just let's do it do what we can with what we got and then when you finally have when you get back to that opportunity that you can go for the win and then you take it you go but that plateau i mean that's that's what wins championships is how you take your lows and just roll with them for sure very well said
0: jack where's one of those i know that you're especially young in your career but where's one of those areas where you've already seen a little bit of a struggle that you've had to overcome
2: um definitely my karting career you know i started off with winning races very like in the beginning and i won a couple of tickets to world finals and then there was like a rough patch in junior to where i didn't really win any races at all and then i finally moved up to senior and haven't come away with a senior win and then when i moved up to cars i started luke solo championship very strong winning three out of four rounds at nola and then kind of and then it was sebring and then it was mid ohio and i went from first in the championship to third at one point and i had lost like i was down maybe 30 to 40 points from the guy in first place but i knew the only person you can you can control there is yourself so I you know I just had to focus on myself and focus on my race and just race how I know how to race
0: and how does your approach change you know any of you guys can answer this Jack since you just spoke you can answer this question but how does your mentality change once you realize that getting that championship is actually possible
2: um I mean I can't say it changes much you know I I knew getting that championship was possible after round one but even if I had had a bad start, you know it was the championship was always in play, and it's just it's i think it's really just whoever keeps their head together and my mentality kind of stayed the same throughout the whole series as far as just focusing myself and knowing that knowing what I have to do
3: yeah so it's, it's all about you can't really get comfortable out there and you, you always have to be ready for anything, so even if you do have a shot at winning the championship like even in 2021 like I did last in 2021 I ended up finishing second but it's it's always it's always you got to be ready for it but you can't just be comfortable anytime that you just settle in there's there's going to be someone else that that just throws you back out of your seat again that's that's always how it is especially for a championship you can you got to be on on the balls of your feet even if even if you do have you know a 50 point lead that's that's that can go away within two races
1: yeah, you, just, you can't take your foot off the gas right like it's yeah
2: you yeah. gotta you gotta I, keep the momentum i think after after nola when i had such a a decent size lead in the championship i got too comfortable and i got too relaxed and i wasn't edgy and i wasn't on my game and that's i think what set me back during the middle of the season yeah so that's a good
3: way to... right i'm done
0: <laughs> <laughs> so when you do get a little bit too comfortable you know, I mean, I know that obviously getting wins makes you comfortable, but theres is there anything else that makes you more comfortable? You know, you start getting compliments and praise from the public. You know, how have you kind of seen the crowd receive you guys and how much of a difference do the fans make in you, you know, believing in your performance and how that changes or if you've seen it change once you hit those plateaus? Like, do, are they still fans of you when you're not winning anymore or if you're struggling?
3: Oh, max fan
1: favorite for sure (laughs) no (laughs) i'd like to think that but i mean it's it's nice to have fans back because we went through a a phase at least in canada in like during the pandemic right where fans weren't allowed at the racetrack so to have fans back the last few years especially now that we're starting to move up into you know series with a with a bigger fan base and i mean the road indy did such a good job with marketing and pushing it out to the the fans both local and worldwide it's uh it is comforting as a driver you know you people, you know, they're like DM you on Instagram or ask for an autograph at the racetrack. And, you know, they say, oh, like my kid loves you and the way you race and blah, 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 blah. It's, it's nice as a driver to have, you know, those little kind of boosts of like, like for lack of a better term, like moral support, um, especially when you're having a down day at the racetrack. But I mean, other than getting wins, those are like the little things that, you know, kind of make you put your head back down and say, okay, you know, I gotta get to this plateau. I gotta start winning races again.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'd like to add on that, cause like, it's. I don't think where we're at yet is enough where it overwhelms us. It's oh. just a nice boost. It, and um, even like you said, you have someone come up to you and be like, oh, you know, you can show them the car. You can do all this stuff. And like you have like some kids running around and like, oh, this is this is so cool. And then next thing you know, you, you feel like they're you're their uh, their role model. So, and it, it's a it's definitely a good feeling to be out there and um, just like an upcoming driver, even though even though we're not in the indie car yet. Um, it's it's all, it's a good feeling to be there and just feel like you have a other purpose other than just to win. I mean, uh, as we all know, motorsports is a form of entertainment, right? So um, we're not just out there for ourselves, but we're out there to please other people. So it's it's good to know that some people are watching us and we do actually put on a good show. Yeah.
0: Is there a specific moment that you can kind of pinpoint with maybe a young fan where you said, okay, this is why I do what I do? Michael Mack and
1: I got one for sure. Um, it, it was like kind of like, I don't know, like an aha moment. It was actually after the win at Portland. And um, I didn't see my dad initially when we got to the podium. And then I saw him afterwards. And obviously, like, you know, we exchanged hugs. And, and we were all really excited. So I walked back to the team trail with him. And... Um, if you've ever been to Portland, you'd know that like the podium area is really far away from the paddock, so it was quite a hike back. So we were walking back, you know, one hand on the trophy, uh, just walking together, and um, these two little kids like yelled over the grandstand, like they are still sitting in the grandstands with their dad, uh, like after they'd finished watching the race, and they yelled down at me, and they're like, "Wait, wait, wait! We want to get your autograph! We want to get your autograph!" And so they came down, and um, I signed some cards for them, and, and that's just a moment that made me really happy. And, uh, I think it's you know, little moments like those, like Michael said, it's not overwhelming for us yet. Um but but hopefully that continues to grow, you know, into our professional careers.
3: Yeah, I had a moment like that at Toronto as well. Um there's always I think at Toronto there's these groups of like camps, I guess. I'm not really sure what the whole thing yeah. and there's also kids on track there as well. Um so they, we had a couple of groups come around and um I was lucky enough to be one of the drivers and um the road indie pick to bring some of the kids to and we ended up having a whole group of kids or, and um people around the car and show them all, like all this stuff we could show them the steering wheel or, uh, put them in the seat and do all this kind of stuff and we get sign autographs and all that thing and all that stuff uh those cool things so it's really it's a cool experience to be there and know that you're you're kind of putting an imprint in their lives even if you know maybe they're too young to remember or any of that stuff it's they're growing up in the, in the environment, in, in the racing environment, they go to the race and then they get to meet a driver. Now, not everyone gets to you know, do that sort of thing. And it's, Even if there's so many people out there that just like watch Formula One or watch some of the stuff on TV, but they never actually get to go to a race. So even these kids coming to the event and getting, um, what do you call it? I'm forgetting the word. <laughs> just being there with us is definitely just, it's a good feeling
0: in the atmosphere absolutely so yeah the
3: atmosphere yeah
0: so jack i know that you're only a sophomore so maybe you haven't had a moment like that yet
2: (laughs) of course i haven't had that moment yet but hopefully hope that will
0: no and that's a great time to talk about what you're excited to do in 2023 you know this is your first year competing in the series i know that you know we've already talked a little bit about you making that transition over but is there a specific race that you're really excited for this season
2: I can't say there's a specific race that I'm excited for this season. I think I'm just really looking forward to um, hopefully be running in the in, in the USF Juniors Championship because I think if I can repeat what Mac did and win it and just keep moving up that ladder, I think I have a solid shot.
0: Right, so let's Mexico
3: talk- tougher crowd this year though.
1: <laughs> no, I'm the same program like you know, you gotta keep winning and move the ladder. And, and for me this year, um, I'm really excited for Toronto. I mean, obviously I got the big flag in the background Oh, of course, boy um, through and through. Uh, and it's the one race on the road to India, or, you know, we're north of the border. So, so that's, that's my big weekend this year.
3: I, I was going to say, I was excited to go to gateway this year, but that's off the calendar. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty sad, but I guess we do go to circuit of the Americas and Sebring. Now it's two more tracks that we haven't gone to yet. So, um, that's definitely going to be uh, interesting to see what the cars can do there, especially the, we've done some testing of, uh, at Sebring and Indy Pro car, and we've been quite quick. But Circuit of the Americas uh, is a different story. I don't think anyone on the road to Indy has raced it. So that will be a change of pace, and hopefully, maybe we'll have our first time winner there. So.
2: Actually, I will say if USF Juniors is going to Kokoda, I'm looking forward to that because I live one hour away from that track, and I remember going to that track watching F1 when I was younger. And it was like, I remember up, I was like, and racing and just driving on this track would be so cool.
3: Have you ever driven it or no?
2: No, I have not driven it. Oh, uh, it's
3: so fun to drive. You'd, you'd love it. Yeah. You'd really love it.
0: They just told me that you guys will be competing in Dakota this year. So exciting uh, okay. race on deck for you. But yep. you guys are all going to be racing in scholarship cars this year, correct? So what are you excited for about that? You know, it, do you take any more pride in hitting the track, you know, knowing that you do have this scholarship money on the line? Let's talk about that one, Matt.
1: I, I think it's uh it's it's cool. I like how the roadie, road roadindy does it. I think there's a lot of positive marketing behind it, but it's also like a little bit of a target on your back. I feel like for the other drivers, you know, um, you know, just because you're the scholarship driver doesn't mean they don't want to give you any more room. So I think you kind of have to prove why you got the scholarship. And uh, and you know, for me, I don't really have a chip on my shoulder about it. I'm just looking
3: forward to uh, to trying to win the next one. I think, first of all, you're Canadian. Is that still red, white, and blue for you? Is the <laughs> <laughs>
1: no, no, the blue doesn't count, man. It's just red
2: and white. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah, because I mean, the red, white, and blue scholarship car looks really good. It's actually it one nice? of the best. It's one of the best looking cars in the grid for sure. And that's unbiased opinion. I mean, um, <laughs> but it's. I, I kind of agree, but at the same time, like you, re- the reason why you have it is because you did prove that you are a championship winner, right? So the reason why you have that livery is you—you you already proved it. So I don't—I think there's really no other. Um, there, there's really no nothing else to prove other than just go out and drive like yourself. And if, if you go into the attitude, going in with the attitude that like, yeah, like I'm the big guy, I, I'm, and like you, with a little bit more pride in your system, I think that's going to end up being a downfall, honestly. You still got to keep that humbleness and keep your head down, feet on the floor, and just keep going. Because the only reason why we're, we're here is to get to the IndyCar. And this is just another, you know, another help, another um, bo- bonus, another boost up the ladder. So, I mean, it, in reality, it just shouldn't change your mindset. It should just be, it should just physically help you. That's all it is.
0: Do you have any specific goals that you're really hoping to achieve this season? Anybody can start with this one.
3: Oh, i hope i can pull another kirkwood and just use this scholarship to go to any lights and then Indy lights to go to. <laughs> <Indy> <laughs> so, yeah i mean that, that's the goal um but I, I think i think the the red white and blue scholarship car deserves to be on the top step this year again so we i mean if the three of us can do it we can we can make that work can we <laughs> i don't think any of us would
1: mind that i think every driver starts the championship right with the hope of winning it. Um, so I think that, that's all of our goals, right? You want to come in, you want to make a good impression, and you want to keep moving up the ladder.
3: Yeah, give Anderson a reason to um, to keep this keep the scholarship system going, and, and for us three drivers, if we, you know, go out and perform well in our in our perspective series, then it's definitely a reason to keep and if, to, definitely a reason to keep promoting and keep going. Because I think this is definitely one of the best ladder series um, in the entire world. And to get to IndyCar, this is this is where this is how you do it.
1: Yeah, you don't see any yeah. other series around the world, you yeah. know, that have a scholarship ladder system like this yeah. that really helps out talent, right?
3: Yeah.
0: Well, what a great conversation with all of you here today. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us. We can't wait to see what y'all do in twenty twenty
3: three. Thank you. Thanks you for having us. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you.
0: Again, thank you so much to our guests for such an incredible roundtable. And now it's time to move on to our one-on-one interview with none other than Augie Pabst. Next up, a different perspective of what it takes to win a title. He's overseen it from both a driver's perspective and in the big picture with his team winning four team titles in USF 2000 since 2017, the most recent coming this past season after big performances from Miles Rowe and Jace Denmark. Thank you so much for being here with us today, Augie. I know that you have a big schedule.
4: Hi, thanks. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here.
0: So what is preparation looking like for the 2023 season for you you know obviously another big year of big goals for you guys tell me a little bit about what the journey has been like in preparation so far
4: yeah i mean we we started testing right away after the season ended at portland um and it's really been pretty flat out since then um we've basically you know tested every month since portland all the way up until now um we had maybe four weeks at one point where we did some rebuilding on the cars and the mechanical stuff, but generally speaking, it's just been testing straight out. So, um, in fact, just just now before I got on this, we just finished loading the trailers. Um, they're heading out to Sebring for another test. So it's, it's been really busy, and, and it's good, um, you know, just stay in the swing of things.
0: What kind of mental preparation, you know, just aside from all of the car side of things the mechanical side what kind of mental preparation goes into getting your drivers ready for a season
4: um i mean you know they they really take care of that themselves um at the level we're competing at now they they really come to us very well prepared physically mentally um they definitely need encouragement um but generally speaking you know they're they're really focused on what's going on and um, we, we just really spend the time on the cars and, and being prepared on all aspects.
0: Right. And we mentioned drivers, you know, like Miles Rowe, who do have a little bit more experience here, but you know, you've, you're getting them into a new series here, preparing them for a new kind of race. So what difference do you see, you know, in preparing guys that you've had with your team, but that are transitioning for a new level of the sport?
4: Um, I mean, for, you know, the guys that come into USF 2000 obviously are, are a little bit uh, greener than the others that are moving on. Um, but generally speaking, um, you know, you, you'll see through the years, you see the maturity level because a lot of them come in fairly young in the 14 to 15 years old range. And, and that transition period from the 14, 15 to 17, 18 or 19 they almost become different people in, from their maturity standpoint. So uh, it's, it's interesting to see how they, you know, progress. And, and they learn, obviously, a lot in the first year. Um, but, you know, we've had quite a few guys that continue on, move to indie Lights and so on. And uh, it's, it's just really cool to see them moving on.
0: Is there one driver that you can maybe pinpoint over the last few years that just you've really been impressed with how much they've grown, not only on the track but just in their mentality and their maturity?
4: Yeah, that's uh, you're putting me in a spot here, mm-hmm. but there, there's there's a few guys that have really excelled. Um, you know, the most recent uh, probably Hunter Mathis moved to to Indy Lights, um, had a really good season last year. Um, you know, going way back as far as 2014, um, Austin Sindrick was with us. Um, he won the Daytona 500 last year, which was, you know, it's a different um, aspect of, of motorsport from, from the open-wheel stuff. But, um, yeah, there, there's uh, Renus VK, who's an IndyCar. car. Um, there's, there's been quite a few over the years, and it's, it's fun to see that.
0: What difference do you see from, you know, your time – racing from the guys that are racing now you know i know that you've grown up in a racing family so how have you seen things change over the years with the state of racing as it is today
4: the the biggest change that i see or the difference from then till now i mean there's technology is one thing um you know we had h pattern flip the throttle the downshift and match your revs and now it's just all hit the brake and click 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 on the on the paddles Um, But the biggest thing is, uh, when I drove, you had to be 18 years old to get an SCCA license to race. Um, So now they're coming in at 13 in USF juniors and 14 from USF 2000 and up. And so these kids come, they come already champions typically in karting or some other training. And then, you know, by the time they're 18, they've, they've already had four years in cars where you know when when I and the people my age started that was you came from go-karts but you had not really been in cars or at least racing cars not not legally um, up until that point so they're, they're just so much further ahead at such a young age it's really impressive
0: so you know progressing your teams with these young athletes who are so much farther ahead of the game What was that first team win like for you? And, you know, how much hope did that give you for your team moving forward and just creating a program that can really produce winners?
4: Yeah, I mean, winning is kind of everything, Mm -hmm. uh, especially in this sport. So, um, you know, it's just a fuel to the fire that, you know, we, we all already before you're winning to get to the point of winning, you're putting in crazy hours and details like you can't believe on the littlest things, Um, hours in the shop, late nights at the track, you name it, just, you pretty much live and breathe it. And so anytime you've got a win, um, it really just pours more fuel to the fire and increases that, you know, um, kind of level of dedication and and interest. You know, it it just grows and grows.
0: What is the formula for paps racing that created you know the back-to-back-to-back championships how do you create that kind of consistent success and you know i know that you can't obviously give the secret the secret away but how do you create that consistent success
4: i think it's really all the obvious things um and maybe for just a few it's not but you know so so first of all you've got to have decent drivers they've got they've got to have talent because We can put the best cars out, and if they can't drive it, they're not going to win. But So so you really have to start with having good drivers. Um, But then from the other angle, you've got to have good cars, and you've got to have consistent cars. You've got to have reliable cars, and they need to be fast. And truthfully, you know, that really comes from the people. Um, and, And I don't mean myself. I mean the people that we have in place. Um, from the engineering side the mechanics I mean it's just it's a team effort all the way around and if you if you don't have if you got one person out of place that's not pulling the rope in the same direction it's it's really difficult so it really comes down to the people and and that's it's really quite that simple Um, as I mentioned earlier just the dedication and and putting in the extra hours to get everything just right and you know, saying, "Oh, that's good enough," just that that doesn't work. Um, you've got to be consistently at the front, and and that's that's the only way to do it.
0: And I know at surface level you were saying, you know, it seems kind of obvious or it seems kind of simple, but I feel like, you know, it, when we're looking at racing at surface level, we're not looking at what the off-season looks like for a team owner. So how much do you think that, you know, having that off-season to prepare who your drivers might be for the next season plays into creating a successful team?
4: Uh, it's a huge part. I mean, you know, as I mentioned earlier, when when the season ends at Portland, um, next year starts the next day or the next season starts the next day. So, um, yeah, you just, it's like from that point on, it's everything is focused on St. Pete or whatever the first race would be, but typically St. Pete and, uh, you just build and build from, from that point on
0: what are the measurables maybe that you look for in a young driver that make you say, yes, this is somebody that I would like to have on my team. This is somebody who's going to produce.
4: Um, I mean, it starts with uh, their, their resume and what they've done previously. You know, we look at whether it was karting. typically it's carding, um at some, some level, usually a high level. Um, uh, another thing, you know, really is just getting them in the car for a test and, and typically, you know, you you have a uh, point where they come to your shop usually to make a seed if you're lucky, and and that that's really helpful because you get to kind of get to know the personalities and quite honestly the the parents and their personalities and and kind of feel out what their goals and expectations are and and where their mindset is and and then then it moves to a track test day and and. You can see what they can do and what their feedback is in the car, um, and and then just you know again the chemistry and and can can we work with this person throughout throughout the season and 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 how does mo- how does mom or dad or both uh, react to certain situations and and are they helicopter parents or are they you know all, all sorts of different things we we've, we've seen the whole gamut so um, there's there's just a lot kind of that kind of goes into that big pot of stew to figure out is that going to be is this going to be a successful um, journey together or not and and I think generally speaking we, we get it right and we have it right most of the time but there's you know there's been times over the years where you you realize pretty early on that that maybe wasn't a great decision or this isn't the best situation but and and oddly sometimes you still end up with some good results. Um, but you just sort of have to grin and bear it. So, um, and and I'm sure, you know, that's a mutual thing for, for drivers and their families as well. But, you know, if everybody's having fun and you're doing well and you're having fun doing well, it's, it's a kind of a match made in heaven. But, um, there, there are times when (laughs) the honeymoon ends really quickly and you just have to grin and bear it. (laughs)
0: And how did you see, you know, your drivers, their families respond to that 2022 finish?
4: Yeah, that was, um, that was a tough one for all of us. There, there was a lot of different angles that played into that. Um, you know, for, for ourselves as a team, it was just so disappointing to, to lose the Drivers' Championship. Um, yeah, there was, there was so many angles to that. And um, it's just, you know, I, we, there, there's, we, we've looked back and so what could we have done different as a team? And I, I, I just don't think there was much we could have done. It just it just played out the way it did. Um, you know, it's uh, it's just a, a shame. And but again, it's the fuel to the fire to come back and, and do it do it right in 2023.
0: And tell me a little bit just about how hard it is to win a driver championship you know you've seen so much success at the team level what's different about winning those individual races
4: well you know when the team championships are based you know on on good performances but it also also consistent performance amongst your Mm -hmm. cars which the more players you have the more the, the better chance you have of of that team championship where the driver's championship is kind of measuring them each driver alone. And, and, um, so, you know, we have not won a driver's championship other than the nat- the national class championship in 2011. So we've come extremely close, um, with VK, um, Jake Edson, um, Hunter McElroy, I mean, we've we've come very close over the years and it's just been like it's just it slips through your fingers just so slightly. And it just again, it comes down to like getting everything perfect. And, um, you know, some of those were, um, you know, situations where uh, mistakes were made over the years uh, as far as drivers and some were, you know, not necessarily a driver's fault and i you know i i take some credit on the team side but where we've had like you know a ten dollar sensor fail and just leaves everybody hanging so um yeah it's just it's really really tough and and you know for anybody that looks at the usf uh pro series from the outside i mean it is it is extremely difficult like it's it's very tough to win it's the talent level is extremely high and it's, it's super impressive. And I think, you know, anybody from around the world would would appreciate that if they were here racing in it.
0: So how big of a goal in 2023 is clinching that driver's championship for you guys? And what steps have you already taken? And, you know, maybe make sure that that's more possible.
4: Yeah. I mean, obviously that's goal number one. Um, you know, from, from my perspective, if, um, if we're winning a driver's championship, it's quite likely in most cases that you're you're going to lock up the team championship. Now, I'm saying that, but we've also demonstrated quite well over our years that you can win the team championship four times and still not win that driver's championship. So, um, but generally speaking, if if you've got fast drivers and fast cars and you're and you're winning that championship, the driver's championship, I think the team comes along with it but you know it's it's absolutely and and for both series for us it's it's the number one goal um the scholarships are so important to these drivers to move to the next level and um that that is ultimately what we're trying to provide um you know from within our team
0: is there a favorite scholarship moment that you have just over the last few years where you have you know you've seen somebody win you've said, okay, I'm really happy that this scholarship is going to this person and I can't wait to see what they do with that money. You know, I know that it's this insane amount of money, so it's wild to see it potentially go somewhere where it's not going to be used to its full potential. So are there any, you know, drivers that you've seen over the last few years where you've said, okay, this money's going to a good place and I'm really happy to see that this person got it?
4: Yeah, um, I mean, there's there's been a bunch over the years, but... Um, I'm probably forgetting one, but I mean, honestly, you know, a guy like Kyle Kirkwood stands out to me who, you know, from from my knowledge, um, didn't really have the family money and support to, to get through this sort of uh, ladder um, and, and to IndyCar. And, and I think I'm pretty certain that without the scholarship that Kyle wouldn't be driving an IndyCar today. So, um you know and, and aside from that he's he's a, he's a great guy and and you know a great competitor and um you know gracious i would say and, and there's there's few guys over the years that aren't so gracious and so I, I just you know thinking off the top of my head i think kyle's one that um is a is a really good example of someone who you know earned it deserved it and and, and made the most of it
0: And so often you see so many of these drivers, you know, kind of deprived of opportunity because they don't have enough money. One of those drivers being one of yours that you're going to have in the series this year, Miles Rowe, how excited are you to see him, you know, hit the track and be able to be able to have that kind of insurance and reassurance to say like, yes, you know, I'm able to race all the way through this season. Do you think that his performance is going to improve at all because he does have that security?
4: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a, The the difference from a year ago today where we were moving forward in USF 2000 with a very limited amount of funding that was sort of um, you know we'll see how you do and then we'll decide if you can keep going and which was still extremely appreciated but the mindset for Miles and myself now going forward we know that we're secure through the season and basically it's just job number one is to get results. So um, we, we don't have to worry about, you know, all the, all the details in the, in the funding side and the, all the things that went into uh, last year. And, and now we're just focused on, you know, just hitting our marks every weekend. And, um, and, and that's what I'm really looking forward to because uh, uncertainty, it, it messes with your mind a bit. And, and when things are uncertain, um, you know, you, you, it's easier to lose focus on the job.
0: All right. Well, we are certainly looking forward to seeing what you guys put out on the track this season. Thank you so much for joining us today, Augie. It was awesome to have you in the crib. And we can't wait to see you in St. Pete.
4: Thanks. Same here. I can't wait for it.
0: Thank you, Augie, for joining us for an awesome one-on-one interview. We're so excited to see what your team does on the track in 2023. And thank you all for joining us for another episode of In the Making. I'm your host, Emily Smarr, and we will be back here in the crib with you next Friday for episode four. So make sure you follow us on social media and stay tuned for all things USF Pro Championships.